Hello, welcome to another episode of Hope with Danny, a podcast dedicated to inspire listeners everywhere with weekly stories and personal testimonies from our wide range of guests. I'm your host, Danny Daniel, and thank you for listening. We are so privileged this morning. I am so privileged to have an old friend of mine that uh, I grew up with in Athens, Georgia, uh, Bill Hartman. Uh, He's meant a lot to me over the years, and we reacquainted ourselves at our 75th birthday party. So that's three-quarters of a century. That's time I checked. Uh, (laughs) Bill, glad to have you with us this morning. We want to hear your story. Thank you, Danny. Uh, It's my privilege to uh, be talking to you uh, on the podcast here um yeah we did reconnect we were all 75 years old and um, graduated in the class of 66 from athens high school so it was great to see everybody back there um you know i I was away from athens for 45 years doing television in atlanta and uh moved back here not quite to athens i live in statum which is at the georgia club about uh, 10 minutes um west of Athens, so um, I'm almost home. I can see it from here, but it sure is <laughs> glad to reconnect with people like you. Well, there's no question about that. i tell you what. You, I think that most of us, really, if we think about it, uh, remember our high school days in uh, as such a wonderful time in our lives, and maybe not the college days so much, but we certainly remember the high school days. Yeah, college was a lot harder. Um <laughs> <laughs> but we were like you and me we were just guys becoming of age we were turning 16 years old and uh juniors in Athens high school and it was uh an awakening period for all of us we had been children and then we were becoming adults and um our interests changed and our outlook changed and uh life became a lot more serious at that time uh, I remember Athens High School and you and all the other classmates uh, vividly, and it sure helped shape my life. There's no question about that, that growing up in Athens um, helped me become what I was. And, and I enjoyed uh, a great career in TV in Atlanta, and I always had a warm spot in my heart for Athens. Well, did you didn't you live somewhere kind of in the uh, Five Points area when you were growing up? I lived on Deering Street, which was uh, near the corner of Millage and Broad. Um, so, believe it or not, real estate agents now will call that Five Points area, but it's a little far away for for me to call that Five Points area. We lived uh, on the same street where the tree that owns itself is located. Uh, the same street where Larry Benson grew up and uh, uh, Chad and Lucy and Burhead Irwin. Um, we were all on that street of uh, just real near where they built the new varsity at one time, which is now about to be torn down. Ooh, things get torn down a lot. Yeah, they get torn down too quick, I think. I, I believe that the varsity probably made his first mistake by leaving downtown Athens. I know they had an opportunity probably – sell that piece of property and get a lot of money for it but uh it was just such a landmark downtown and i hated to see him move now i hate to see him move again they're talking about moving somewhere out off uh epps bridge road or something i don't know where it is but uh it's uh it's something that we'll uh, we'll miss no question about it 
when you were growing up in Athens, I I know that we had the had a great time. We used to go to Lake Lanier a lot, and I took you up there one time. We went fishing. I think we caught more fish than certainly I knew anything about. Uh, <laughs> the little the little brim that some of them weren't big enough to eat, but we caught them anyway, and yep. uh, got mom to fry them up. Uh, what specifically makes Athens so special to, for growing up in? Do you think? Well, certainly the influence of a major university is a huge part of of uh, a place like Athens that you, you've got um, um, students who are there to learn and, and uh, you've got the fine arts that you can go to. You've got the, the athletics, the football games that you can be a part of. You've got the um, I, I, you probably remember that when we were seniors at Athens High School, maybe even juniors, we were starting to go to fraternity parties. And uh, here we are, 16, 17 years old, and we're around people who are 21 and 22 years old. Um, it just uh, was an enriching way to live, to be around uh, a major university like this. And also... <clears throat> a place that wasn't huge. Um, we could walk to downtown from our house on Deering street and, um, never thought anything about it. Athens was, um, just a very safe and nice place to live. We didn't have to worry about what people in big cities had to worry about, nor did we have to worry about what people on farms had to worry about. It was just a wonderful way to grow up. No question about it. I think, your dad was a coach at the university, and uh, that allowed you some privileges, didn't it? Yeah. You know, he, daddy was the backfield coach at Georgia from 39 until 56 with Wally Butts. And um, so I would go to practice as a kid. I, we were born in 1948, so, gosh, when I was five, six years old, I'm on the practice field with my father um, and seeing um, a lot of great players, Charlie Britt, um, Dave Lloyd, Fran Tarkington, Bobby Towns, that group. And um, then after the 56 season, he was uh, doing well in life insurance. Back then, assistant coaches had to have a second job. So Daddy was also selling life insurance and realized he was making a lot more money doing that than he was coaching football. So he quit the football, did the life insurance. But back in 1970 or 71, uh, the NCAA – um, allowed colleges to have volunteer unpaid coaches. So Coach Dooley asked uh, Daddy to come back and be the punting and kicking coach at Georgia. And that's what people don't remember, that he was a backfield coach back in the 40s and 50s. They remember that he was the kicking coach when Kevin Butler was around and, and uh, John Casey was around in that group. Yeah, he must have done a good job because they certainly performed well in uh... – they really set some records back then. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember you and uh, Larry Benson were the only two youngsters at the YMCA that were able to bring actual uh, look-alike, or they were actual Georgia football helmets and Georgia football jerseys. The rest of us looked like vagabonds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did have <clears throat> the real stuff. I've got pictures on my wall that I'm looking across the hallway at right now of uh, the 90-pound team at at uh, Athens YMCA and we won the national championship for 90 pounders that year. And I've got 
a real football helmet, a real Georgia football helmet. And everybody else has got things they bought at uh, Athens Sporting Goods. <laughs> That's right. Well, you could pick y'all out. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, after you grew up, uh, you went to the University of Georgia, I guess. Is that not right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, graduated from there. What was your major at uh, at Georgia? I was a journalism major. And, okay. um, you know, I, I, when I entered Georgia, I wanted to be in advertising and public relations. I thought that was a cool thing. And they were building the new journalism school while I was in sitting in a hot, unair-conditioned classroom in the old journalism school. And I walked down there one day to the new building, and it was air-conditioned, and they had TV cameras. And I said, man, I think I'd like to do this. So I, I got into the um, broadcast part of journalism and got lucky and uh, graduated on a Saturday night in 1970 and did the sports on Channel 5 the following Monday night at 11 o'clock. Well, you sound like you were uh, a, a commodity that some of the stations really believed uh, could go somewhere. Uh, you... Well, I'd, uh, you may not remember this, but when I quit playing football at Athens High School because Paul Gilbert was the best quarterback in the South, I wasn't going to play. The Athens Banner Herald hired me to write about the Athens football team in the fall of 1965, so we were going to win the state championship. So I wrote for them, and then I uh, that led to a job with the Atlanta Constitution my freshman year at Georgia. That led to a job in radio station at WRFC, and that led to me auditioning for the job at Channel 5 and uh, getting it uh, when I was 21 years old. Well, that's quite a feat, no question <clears throat> about it. Uh, it probably even surprised you a little bit, but you didn't mind taking the, um, taking the role and and uh, doing a good job for them. I, I, uh, everybody, I guess, that knows you has seen you somewhere or another on TV, and they know that you uh, was, were really somebody that uh, told the truth about sports and gave the real story. And that was good. And that was mighty good. How long were you with Channel 5? I was um, <clears throat> with Channel 5 for... Uh, 22 years, and then I got a better offer from WSB Television, which was Channel 2, which was the better, higher-rated station. And so I left them and uh, went to, I mean, I left Channel 5 and went to work at Channel 2 for 13 years. And then <clears throat> I retired in 2008. And lo and behold, if Channel 5 didn't come back and say, hey, how about hosting our high school football game of the week on Friday nights? So I did that for 13 more years with uh, Channel 5, WAGA, now known as Fox uh, Fox Atlanta. Good grief. What a career. Uh, that's uh, y- You were embedded in uh, sports in every way, both high school football as well as you t- broadcast a good deal about college football. Oh, yeah, yeah, gosh, yeah. Uh, but you know what, Danny, um, <clears throat> and I know your your show is a lot about hope. And um, one thing that I really loved about high school football is how much hope these 15, 16-year-old kids have playing high school football. I mean, this is the greatest thing in in their world, playing for the their family and their, their high school classmates that are in the stands and 
here they are catching a 16-year-olds catching a touchdown pass that might win the game. That they'll remember that for the rest of their life. It is such a fulfilling thing to be in a situation like that where you can perform and do something great in front of your classmates and your family and your friends. You don't really get that in in college football. Don't get that in the NFL where you catch that touchdown pass, you look up in the stands and there's your mother sitting there and you can pick her out. (laughs) That's about all you can pick out. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I never had the privilege of playing football. I was too little, uh, but I was a man slow. Yeah. And, and slow and, and inept, but I did have the privilege of being a manager of Athens High's team for a couple of years. And that, that get me a let, let, gave me a letter jacket, and I was proud of that as much as anybody else was. You've interviewed a lot of athletes uh, over your career. Are there some that stand out more than others and some that uh, <coughs> you, you weren't sure were going to do as well as they actually did? Yeah, you, I, I would have to say that the most intriguing and interesting person I ever interviewed was Muhammad Ali. Um he was such a showman and so good. I mean, the greatest of all time. And, um, he was, and I would interview him in in a lot of different situations. When, when I was there in 1970, uh, he was going to fight Jerry Quarry at the Atlanta civic center. Um, and we were there while he trained two weeks before the fight. And then we were at the fight. And then I saw him a couple of years later when he was in Atlanta, uh, making an appearance, and then um, I saw him um, many years later when he came to the television station, and and um, we interviewed him on a, on a one-hour show, and he was just really something, and had so much to say, and so um, I, he was revolutionary at the time, of course, uh, that athletes didn't speak about social problems, and he did. And uh, it was really something. It was really something. So I liked him a lot. Um, <clears throat> what about a uh, football player? Football players. Um, of course, Herschel Walker was a big part of uh, my life uh, during my career. Um, interviewed him many, many times. Went down to Wrightsville when he was a senior at uh, Johnson County High School and did a big story uh, about Herschel in high school. Um then I look at people, um, Ray Goff, loved Ray Goff uh, when he was uh, the quarterback at Georgia and Mike Bobo and I think of all those great players back then. Um, and I've just been lucky to talk to folks like that. You you once interviewed Dickie Clark. I remember Dickie Clark. Boy, he, was, he came in here. He was going to be one of the top quarterbacks. He was one of the top quarterbacks in – Georgia high school football and ended up being a all conference defensive end because they needed him somewhere else. And he, he, um, took the job and made the best of it. Well, some of these players just come in with one idea and one attitude. And it seems like that gets changed real quick when they change positions. And, uh, Dickie was certainly one of them. He's a fine young man. He really represents FCA or he did. I think he's retired now. Uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and uh, he's just a, a great guy and enjoy interviewing him. Is there any right. particular uh, player that you can remember that uh, <clears throat> in high school 
that uh, you felt like really provided some inspiration to other players? Um, yeah. Um, I, well, I think Paul Gilbert, our friend Paul Gilbert from Athens High School was that way. I thought Paul was a very inspirational player at Athens High School, and then he went to Georgia as one of the top recruits uh, in the nation. But he had that knee injury, got a knee injury, and um, that stunted his career quite a bit. Andy Johnson, of course, has got to be regarded as one of the greatest players ever, one of the greatest athletes ever to come out of the city of Athens. Um, Andy could do it all. He, he was a great football player, great quarterback at Georgia, great running back for the New England Patriots, but he could also, he could have played professional baseball. He could have played, uh, I don't know if he could play professional base, uh, basketball, but he was just one of the great, great athletes and such a nice person. He died a few years ago, of course, Andy did, but he was just everybody that whenever you talk about Andy, it's just what a nice man this was. No question about it. Athens I has really produced an awful lot, which is now Clark Central, but it's produced an awful lot of great players from Fran Tarkenton on down the the, the way. And uh, Georgia has benefited from, thank goodness, they stayed in, stayed in town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of them didn't, but, uh, boy, the, uh, the great ones did. No question. The great ones did. Um, I also, my, my buddy, Chuck Smith, who was a, um, all American high school defensive end at Clark central. He ended up going to Tennessee and, and I'm always giving him grief for doing that. But, um, he played for Billy Henderson, who you talk about your inspirational, person in athletics in Athens, Georgia, and that's Billy Henderson. Um, he came in and became the coach of the Clark Central Gladiators in 1971. And uh, that was when integration was coming about. And uh, golly, Billy, we didn't, we didn't need somebody like Billy Henderson. We needed Billy Henderson. And he did the job and made integration in uh, Athens uh, a lot smoother than it could have been. Yeah, he had some great teams, and it's all because of his leadership. There's no question about that. Uh, that's, you know, great coaches uh, quite often have the unique ability to provide to produce great players, and he was one of them. You know, when you call somebody coach, and my father was a real coach, and then in later years he was addressed as coach. He would, and people wouldn't say Bill. They'd say Coach Hartman. But you think about what a coach has to be. First of all, coach has to be someone who teaches you how to play the game. But he's also a confidant. You tell coaches things that you don't tell other people. He's also got to be a disciplinarian, though, because if you don't do what he asks you to do, he, he's got to be a disciplinarian. And he's got to be a father to a lot of people. Coaches, a lot of people will tell you that coach so-and-so was like a father to me. So the title of coach means so much more than just the guy standing on the sidelines uh, yelling at you to uh, get into the 3-4 defense. <laughs> Boy, that's so true. Uh, I tell you what, there's nobody that uh, players admired more than Billy Henderson. I guess Coach Sellers before him, they admired him, but, boy, he was a tough guy. Uh, he was. He was. He's a real tough guy. What uh, – what made you decide 
to move back to Athens. Were you, did you actually get back into radio or TV um, after you moved back to Athens? Well, uh, when I moved back to Athens six years ago, almost to the day, um, or Statham, I can see Athens from here, but it's not Athens um, <laughs> at yeah. the Georgia Club. When I moved back, uh, I was still doing the uh, high school football game of the week for Fox 5. And uh, so I continued my career when I moved back here. Uh, and what that would entail would be on Friday nights, I would go to, let's say, Cartersville, and I would be live with the band and the cheerleaders and all that at about 5.50 in the afternoon. And then I would be live at 6.20 with uh, the coach of the visiting team. And then I'd be live with the uh, head coach at 6.50, the head coach of the, of the home team. And then we would stay for the whole game and do interviews and present a trophy afterwards. And uh, it was quite a, a big production for Fox 5. And uh, so I did that when I moved over here for five more years. And then last year was the first year I did not do it. I'll bet you miss it. That's for sure. I miss it terribly. Um, the main reason I quit doing it was because I would be driving back from a high school football field on Friday nights at about 11 o'clock. And if I was on a major highway, I-75, 85, 285, then the trucks are going 85 miles an hour. And boy, that's scary. And they're in their big convoys. And then you get off on a secondary road like um, Highway 78 or 316, you'd see a deer carcass over there. You'd see one on the other side of the road. I just could not imagine hitting a deer at 11 o'clock at night and being stranded on the side of a road. So um, I, I decided I'd had enough, so 2021 was my last year doing that. Well, I don't blame you a bit. Uh, you started thinking about your life a little bit more then. Yeah, and yeah. maintaining it. Uh, well, we're glad to have you back, and uh, you certainly uh, have a lot of memories uh, do you know what might be considered one of your favorite memories uh, while you were broadcasting? You took a young fellow that didn't seem to have a whole lot of talent, and you were able to build him up somewhat by interviewing him. Uh, is there anybody that comes to mind there? Um, I, I'll never forget, and, and he was a very much a professional player, when I met Dale Murphy, but Dale Murphy was, I had nothing to do with his greatness and his uh, spiritualist, spiritualness, but every time I talked to him, he was so inspiring and, and so willing to help other people around him. Those Braves teams back in the early 80s, mid 80s, weren't very good, and, and I would see Dale take somebody under his wing and, and help them. He really inspired me, I'll tell you that. I don't know how many people I inspired, um, but I've talked to many young people, 15, 16 years old, that uh, I could see, you can tell, even at that age, that they're going to do great things in life. And... Um, yeah, I remember talking to those guys. I remember one particular story, Danny, that's interesting, and uh, folks listening here in Athens might uh, enjoy this, but um, I was a junior varsity quarterback at Athens High School, and we were playing Gainesville, up in Gainesville one time, and um, 
I threw a touchdown pass to Sandy Williams that covered about 50 yards, went down the left sideline. It was beautifully thrown. He made a good catch. He scored. Um, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. Sandy went on to become the dean of Duke Medical School. I went on to read scores on Saturday night. <laughs> well, that's about the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I may have enjoyed my career more than he did. Well, that's that's for sure. Uh, to have a career like you've had and, again, to touch the lives of so many listeners as well as players uh, that were so proud to have you interview them uh, means a great deal, and that's inspiring to me uh, by itself. Uh, what do you think about uh, – I know you moved back here and you're playing a lot of golf, playing a lot of tennis, that sort of thing. Those are your primary interests now, I guess, more than anything else. Uh, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, I, I love to play golf. Um, <clears throat> not all that great at it, but and I walk 18 holes, so that's a, a five and a half mile walk every day, five days a week, and then I'm swinging a golf club every once in a while. So that that's my exercise and that's my interest uh, for sure right now is uh, is doing that. I'm I'm interested in Georgia. Um, don't know what's going to become of college football, but I'm glad that Georgia's at the forefront. What's your take about college football today? Um, tell you what, if it continues like it is where we have the name, image, and likeness deals that some kids can get, and we have the collectives where folks contribute to a pot of money and then they hand it out to players, um, I think there's going to be about 20 teams that will be at any, and I'm talking nationwide, there'll be about 20 teams that are of an elite status with the elite players. And then there's going to be a second tier under that. So unless there are guardrails put up, I think that's where we're headed. But the good news is I think University of Georgia is going to be one of those 20 teams. Well, that helps a lot. This NIL situation, I I never thought it was a great idea to start playing college, paying college football uh, players, but I guess it's having some positive effects. Yeah, you know, one um, unintended um, consequence is this, that a great player who may not be a first or second round draft choice in the NFL now realizes that, and, and let's say Stetson Bennett's a great example of it, he made over a million dollars last year in uh, NIL money, name, image, and likeness money, he could stay one more year because he's making good money, whereas if he goes to the NFL, he might make great money, but it's guaranteed back here pretty much. So I'm going to stay another year, and I think that's an unintended consequence of the uh, NIL money and the collective money. Well, it's a, it's a big influence, no question about it. And I, it. But there are a lot of players that don't get that money. And uh, that that I guess it makes them more competitive. I don't know what it does. Makes them more competitive in that they feel like if they can play better, they might get that money. But pretty much right now, all 85 scholarship players at the University of Georgia are getting some money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, not just the, to go to the really good ones, the Brock Bowers, the uh, Lad McConkey, um, those kind of guys, they're making a lot more money 
than the second string offensive tackle. But the second string offensive tackle is getting some money. Yeah, everybody's getting out of the pot. Uh, yeah, what exactly. Do you, what do you think about uh, this upcoming year for Georgia? Well, I don't see anybody beating Georgia during the regular season, so they'll finish 12-0 and and go to the Southeastern Conference Championship game. <clears throat> and uh, they'll play Alabama, LSU, maybe Texas A&M and that. Um, even if they lose the SEC Championship game, they will go to the college football playoffs. You know, one loss SEC team will be in the college football playoffs. And uh, so I think they could not only will be in the college playoffs, but they'll win it. I think they're going to win the third straight national championship. (laughs) Boy, they call that a a three-peat, don't they? Call that a three-peat. And I don't think it's ever been done, but I think Georgia is going to do it. Got a good shot. I mean, they're good. Those those athletes are great, yeah. and the coaching is, is great. Yeah, they they can lose and still lose athletes and still have a, a pack of them back behind them. Absolutely, to do a good job. Yeah, uh, just like Alabama used to be. Yeah, and uh, we've taken over that uh, reign. Uh, that's for sure. Thank goodness for Kirby. Yeah. Kirby Smart. <laughs> He's yeah. a he is he will go down. He may already be the greatest Georgia coach ever, even in his short period of seven years. <clears throat> he may already be the greatest Georgia coach ever. Two national championships back-to-back, playing for another one. Um, uh, he's, he's something. Uh, well, we're vo- very fortunate. Uh, and, and you take it from the time that uh, you and I grew up in Athens to now, it's just been the greatest place in the world to be. I'm glad you came back. Uh, we have certainly benefited from you. We've benefited from hearing about your uh, your career in, in broadcasting, and we uh, hope you have a great retirement. That you uh, play a lot of golf, play a lot of tennis, and you don't have the pressure of being somewhere on Friday night anymore. Well, that's true. You know, uh, I love my job. I loved it when I was on the on the anchor desk. I loved it when I was doing my high school football, but you had to be somewhere at a appointed time. And there was nothing, there was no being late or calling in saying, I, I can't make it today. I'll do it tomorrow. No, you had to be there. And so I enjoy not having to do that. Well, that sounds uh, like the Bill Hartman that I know. Well, I want to wish you the very best in your retirement and know that, uh, You've done a great job on this interview. I think you've really enlightened a lot of people. And uh, there's hope in athletics. There's no question about it. Uh, from the time that you start uh, in high school until the time you finish in college, uh, it's a big it's a big hope job more than anything else. It is. And I'm looking at this picture of the Athens YMCA 90-pound team. Now, and I'll tell you what, all of us on that team – had a lot of hope for our futures and uh, athletics is part of the reason you learn, you learn how to get the job done and, and it helps you in later life. Well, Bill, I really appreciate you interviewing with us today. Uh, you've done a great job. I think you've really opened up some avenues that people didn't know about uh, both high school and Athens and uh, both uh, college as well. And I uh, know that you 
are going to continue to be a major force in just being retired in the Athens area. Well, thank you, Danny. It was my pleasure to be here. All right. See you later. Subscribe to our social media and share your stories on the hopewithdanny.com website. Remember, it's all about hope. I'm your host, Danny Daniel. This episode was recorded at Vega Studios.